That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. They moved as fast as they could, bent almost double. Ahead of them, Crookshank's tail bobbed in and out of view. On and on went the passage. It felt at least as long as the one to Honeydukes. All Harry could think of was Ron, and what the enormous dog might be doing to him. He was drawing in sharp, painful gasps, running at a crouch. And then the tunnel began to rise. Moments later, it twisted, and Crookshank's head gone. Instead, Harry could see a patch of dim light through a small opening. He and Hermione paused, gasping for breath, edging forwards. Both raised their wands to see what lay beyond. It was a room. A very disordered, dusty room. Paper was peeling from the walls. There were stains all over the floor. Every piece of furniture was broken as though someone had smashed it. The windows were all boarded up. Harry glanced at Hermione, who looked very frightened, but nodded. Harry pulled himself out of the hole, staring around. The room was deserted, but a door to their right stood open, leading to a shadowy hallway. Hermione suddenly grabbed Harry's arm again. Her wide eyes were traveling around the boarded windows. Harry, she whispered, I think we're in the Shrieking Shack. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the book and its themes have stayed with the generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 17, Cat, Rat, and Dog. This chapter follows the golden trio into the roots of the Whomping Willow, down the tunnel, to the Shrieking Shack, and into the hands of Sirius Black. Also, I'm just going to tell you guys right heckin' now, our special guest on this episode is the beloved Tyler Carlin, co-founder of the WBNE Network and co-host of Bacon and Eggs and Movie Lovers Podcast. And when I asked him to come on for this episode, he was like, yeah, sure, as long as my wife doesn't go into labor on that very day. And I was like, cool, I hope your baby... I hope your baby prioritizes the needs of my podcast. Thank you so much. So I'm just going to let everyone know right now that halfway through this episode, Tyler rushes off to take his laboring wife to the hospital because he believes that his baby is coming. As of right now, almost a full week later, to the best of my knowledge, the baby still has not been born yet. That was a false alarm. I don't want anyone to get excited when we get to that very dramatic part of this episode, but I didn't have a better explanation for why Tyler leaves halfway through, so I left that whole shebang in just for a little bit of drama, because as we all know, wizards are all about the drama. So whether or not the baby's born yet, as of whenever the heck you're listening to this, just best of wishes to Tyler and Emily and their beautiful baby that I'm assuming will be beautiful. We don't know yet because they haven't been born yet, but just like freaking best of wishes. And um, I'm sending all of my very best uh, childbirthing vibes to you for the love of God. I hope that you get to have that baby soon. Because I don't know anything about babies, but I, my, my guess is that having a very grown baby inside of you is not the most comfortable thing. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, God bless Emily and um, Tyler, you're doing great. On to the show. Welcome to the restricted section. It's me, your host, Christina. I'm super happy to be here. Wednesday is the best day of the week. Grace, 
hello. Hey there, girl. Hey, what's up? Nope. That's just a different way <laughs> nope, of asking how you are. It. We're not um, doing it. And Mary Clay, I see you. I'm here. Hello. Hello. It's so good to see you. You got your second vaccine, you? I got my second vaccination. Yep. Is that like, is that like a second breakfast? <laughs> no, that's not because there's no 11 Z's or afternoon tea or anything. <laughs> what about second vaccination? Can you imagine though if the vaccination schedule followed the Hobbit food schedule? <laughs> <laughs> you need like 11 of these. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone, if you don't recognize his voice, I will be delighted to introduce you to our special guest this week, Tyler Carlin, co-host of Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast, and the co-founder of the WBNE Network. Whomst, as a network, I consider to be a great friend of mine. <laughs> Yay! Hello, that's me. I know all of you except Christina, which is yeah. two of you. Well, so you obviously you know Mary Clay because she has a podcast on your network. Do you want Actually, to talk about- we've never met before. It's not <laughs> true. the first time I've spoken. To it's him. just Strange, not true. Stranger danger. I'm actually really <laughs> nervous because the only other like literature, lit, literature, this isn't literature, literature podcast I've been on was Mary Clay's, and <laughs> it like gets reviewed on like her like it does it. It's at least once has been reviewed as like this is a, a good podcast, but there's one episode about whatever one I did where it just sucks. <laughs> like they just, it's like, not what it said at all. <laughs> Tyler, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you know Grace? I know Grace because her twin brother was my best friend from like third grade to eighth grade. And then we just weren't best friends anymore. I don't yeah, know. That's okay. Yeah. That's I think okay. like, it wasn't like we got into something and like broke up. I, we just kind of like <laughs> went our separate ways and I fell in love with Ethan and it was like a whole thing. Wow. <laughs> And Dr. Bill Ball, who, which is his name now, <laughs> Grace's twin brother, William, was on the very first chapter of this um, this book. So if you don't know who we're talking about, just go all the way back to the start, um, to the very boring chapter called Outpost, where yeah, he, wow. he entertained us with anything other than the content for <laughs> at least an hour. <laughs> yeah, Ty and I go way back. We, I mean, elementary school, right? Yeah, I mean, literally, like... Because you were Ball and I was Carlin, we had, like, homeroom together throughout everything. Our lockers were always Aww. near each other. Yeah. Uh, and we, like, we met in third grade because I sat next to you and Will. And uh, You lucky dog. I know. I mean, I uh, couldn't couldn't be better, you know? <laughs> I love those friends that you only saw when things were alphabetized. Wait, I don't know if I've ever told you guys before, but there was a girl in my high school whose name was Christina Canoe. Um, K-A-N-U. No. So my last name is like K-A-N-N. And people used to mistake us for each other all the time, which is hilarious because she's black and a lot, <laughs> a lot better at school than I ever was. So people would call me and be like, oh my God, you made like what? Uh, Valedictorian or something? No, like less like than that. Like Laude. Dean's List or something? Dean's, Dean's List. List. Is that a thing in high school? No, it's a honor roll. A honor roll. Honor roll. That was yeah. Will and Grace. People would call me and be like, way to go on the honor roll. And I'd be like, that is not me. That is this other hoe. Um, <laughs> shout out to Christina Canoe. I follow her on Instagram. She's doing great. <laughs> so, Tyler, we're super excited to have you. Um, what what Hogwarts house are you? Oh, you, you would freaking ask me this stupid question. Nothing <laughs> infuriates me more than these stupid houses. You're on a Harry Potter podcast. Is, well, oh. You don't have to pick one. One time uh, we had a guest No, I'm a Ravenclaw through and through. We don't That's need to false. like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I can tell you definitively that's false. Tyler is a Hufflepuff. I am not assert, a freaking Hufflepuff. He asserts. I didn't just so like get into Hogwarts. I am at least witty. At least I okay, can like so- make puns to get into the common room. <laughs> Hufflepuff is full of puns. Are you kidding me? Ugh. So the listeners don't know this, but when we first got on this call, you were talking about how you have a friendship crush on me. So if that ain't a big <laughs> Hufflepuff mood, I don't know what is. Yeah, that it's is true. true. Yeah, it's true. Ta- I'm tell I'm telling you all definitively that Tyler is a Hufflepuff. I've, he this is tr- I've never gotten Hufflepuff on like any quizzes or tests. It's always. Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. I yeah. prefer to let people self-define, and I do obviously. That's I fine, definitely, but your self-definition is wrong. Honestly, <laughs> I, get, I get Gryffindor vibes from you. I mean, third grade Ty was full Gryffindor. <laughs> okay, but third grade Christina was a fucking Slytherin. So. Okay, Grace, I need you to take it forward three years to when I was eleven. Sixth mm, grade. Okay, Ty. we just what got you to immigrate sorted into. Yeah, like we we meet all the kids from the other schools. I'm super intimidated yeah. because like Taylor Bauman knows the kids from the oh other God. schools, and yeah. we don't. I kn- Do you I remember know anybody? This? Yes, yeah, I was so I was mad. Like, how do people know each other? <laughs> yes, I have no idea what the fuck y'all are talking about. Taylor like Bauman knew everybody. That's what we're talking about. And she was a B, so she was in our class. She was also a B in the like she was mean thing. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> You big Potter okay. fan, Taylor? Hi. <laughs> no, she's I know your home cool. phone number. She's Taylor, literally, cool if, you're, if you're listening, like, literally hit me up, okay? <laughs> um, so, Tyler, tell us a little bit about your Harry Potter history. When did you, when were you exposed to the books? When were you exposed to the films? Who helped you appreciate Harry Potter? Tell me everything. I'm, like, a proper first-generation Potter fan. I think... Oh, yeah. We started like the midnight releases with Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Like, because this we, is when we started giving a shit. Right, right. And I was like four when the first one came out. So I didn't quite count. But like, I mean, we were all in from day one. And mm-hmm. we like, when Deathly Hallows came out, we ended up with three copies because my brothers and I didn't tell each other that we were all at different stores buying it. Well, and you can't all read it at the same time. You have Correct. to have three copies. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um so potter's been a big part of my life for pretty much my whole life uh it is a huge part of like the super carlin brothers community and that's my older brothers so if you don't know who they are they're this like big youtube channel and they do content on like harry potter star wars pixar all that they're stuff. like the duggars yeah they're they not, are kind of no, like not the duggars that's, like the <laughs> that's the joke that i have there's three of us (laughs) i had never heard of the super carlin brothers but the name to me for whatever reason implied that there was like 25 of them (laughs) do you know how much my mind got blown when i realized that tyler carlin and the carlin brothers were were connected to each other i was like holy shit (laughs) it's it's been that way my whole life like yes the super carlin brothers but grace can attest my dad is like the local news anchor. So like every teacher, because people still watch cable when we were in school. It's so like every teacher was like, Oh, are you Ben or Jonathan's brother? Or are you John's son? And so mm-hmm. I've, I've been living in the shadow pretty much my whole life. <laughs> oh, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I'm really trying shine my own light, you know? Yeah. Well, we're so glad you're here. I mean, so far you're the only Carlin on this podcast. So that's your claim to fame. That is my claim. My mom listens to popcorn culture, which is my brother's podcast, but not bacon and eggs. 
Wow. <laughs> We've been over this. It's because they talk because, about like yeah, their childhood they talked about memories. Childhood. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fun for your mom to reminisce on. I understand that. But it's still I wrote a uh, so I've I've been into Potter my whole life. Uh one of the Potter theory videos I'm very proud of was one that I like pitched and it did very well. Uh it was the He's looking it up right now. I can't I see. I can't glasses. remember what it is. <laughs> I know what it is. I He's can't so remember proud the title. Of it. Uh, 918,000 views. I'm super proud of this one. The youngest oh Quidditch player before Harry. Okay. Because they're like, you're the youngest player in a century. It's like, that's not that long. Yeah, who was the- a century ago? It was Dumbledore. What? Nuh-uh. Yeah, 100%. Okay, well, we will surely link that video in the show notes. <laughs> Um, okay, so before we get, this is like a pretty intense chapter with a lot going on, so we need to dive into it. But before we get there, I would like to take a brief interlude for our favorite segment, which we call Mott's Thoughts. And Andrew sings it. I don't know. It's like Mott's Thoughts. I don't really know. It's like based on something. I don't know. Wayne's World. So, Wayne's World is what that's based on. Is it? Wayne's World. Wayne's World. No, I think he said it. Whatever. Okay, well, I'll touch base with Andrew on that one. Um. <laughs> So Mots has sent us an email with several like non sequitur headcanons. So um, the rest of this book is pretty intense. So we're just we're going to discuss one per episode until the book is over. And there's actually the perfect number for the rest of the chapters. So like just a big old shout out to Mots for making that happen. We love him. We love you, Mots. I met Mots one time in Orlando. You did? did? Shut up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so jealous. It's his um, it's his birthday soon. I'm like looking it up. I, th- I think it's next week when this episode comes out. Happy birthday, Mott. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday. So here's Mott's email. This is just as a reminder, the first in a list. Okay. So here's Mott's um, like first non-sequitur headcanon. In an alternate universe, Dumbledore's army was called Albus's army. AA for A-A. short, mm-hmm. which led to some confusing moments involving students who had gotten a little too fond of butterbeer. Oh. Okay. That's the end of it. Not much to discuss there, but <laughs> no, it's a cute, a cute little joke. Yeah. yeah. That is fun. Mots, that's. Thank you so much, Mots. So let's get into it. This week we're talking about chapter 17, Cat, Rat, and Dog, which doesn't have an Oxford comma because it's a British book, but like whatever. Isn't. What? Yes, it. You're reading the American edition. Yeah, the American yeah. edition does have an extra. Yeah. One. Okay, good. Yes, I'm reading okay. the American edition. This is America. Grace and I are reading the Bloomsbury illustrated editions, which are kind of a hybrid. I have exciting yeah. uh, news. I've I don't know what editions these are. They're either like the 10th anniversary or I don't know. But at some point, they did a redesign of all of the books, and they have these really beautiful. Oh, um, yeah. covers Ooh. and then when you line up all the spines it makes Hogwarts oh, and I've always it. wanted it but it's like $100 and I also don't want to buy a box set and support uh, yeah. she who must not be named Yeah. so I have started ordering um, used editions on thrift books That's awesome. um, nice. for this and I have um, I have all of them except for for whatever reason one and two are like always every time I check they never have them 
That's probably because people give them to their kids to read those first two, you know? Maybe, yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I, I just don't. wanted to share that I have a new I have a new copy that I'm reading out of because I was like, I don't wanna have to sit down every time for, for Goblet of Fire and lug out the <laughs> illustrated edition. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty I serious. So I need to get some new editions in in my house, in my life. Yeah. Well, it looks great. Pre-turf era, I I bought myself a set of the paperbacks and the original covers, and these are my like beat around, take notes in them books. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's important to have several different different editions. My original Scholastic edition, the first three books are so fucked up you just can't even use them. Like can't even can't it's even like read them. Falling out. Yeah, hunks falling out. So I need to buy a new edition. I'll probably I'll probably get the same one as you, Mary Clay. Um, but yeah, I used. Because we're not, we don't support turfs here. That's the last kind of bitch we support here is the turf bitch. Mm-hmm. Yes, every other kind of bitch. <laughs> Great, oh, we excellent. Love we love her, but <laughs> not, not this one. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out. So, like, Sean, my husband's family gifts me like the newest illustrated edition every year for Christmas, and I'm like, do I even explain to them that I don't want it anymore, or like, do I just let them? She's a gazillionaire, man. One illustrated yeah. edition is probably fine. Exactly. That I'm like I'm like the value of having to explain to my in laws what a turf is and like getting into yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah. Just like also while we're, while we're on the subject of my beloved husband Sean, Lupin in this fucking chapter has big <laughs> Sean energy. <laughs> Whatever, we'll get to it. I just like literally like as an adult, I'm reading Lupin and I'm like, some gal needs to marry him and then people say i'm like tonks and i always forget that and i'm realizing it again right now yeah yeah i was gonna say you you give a lot of tonks energy for me so i'll allow it i'll allow it okay so last week on harry fucking potter the golden trio was trying to get away from hagrid's house because buckbeak was getting beheaded and murdered but scabbers was acting out so the last thing that happened in the last chapter is that we heard buckbeak get beheaded that's where this chapter well we heard an axe thud yes we heard an axe thud that's what we heard (laughs) we don't know what happened you're right you're right between (laughs) the axe and the ground (laughs) oh spoilers all the time um they didn't get them so the the trio they freeze under the cloak and Harry's like, oh, I need to go to Hagrid because that's my impulse. And the other two are like, no, dude, no, no, you, no, no, you no. like, you absolutely can't. There's no, I mean, it's obviously <laughs> too late. Like, no, Dumbledore's there. Like, we got this. Um, so they head back toward the castle. But Scabbers is really misbehaving. Isn't that just like so unusual for your ordinary rat to be just so misbehaving? This is what I don't get is that like, if he had just chilled Literally none of the other like ensuing events in the rest of this novel would happen. You it's know? gotta be so well maybe, right? Like as long as he's on the grounds, there's a problem because he's on the Marauders map. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Crookshanks is not like a normal cat. Crookshanks is half nasal. Crookshanks is half Lily Potter. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. there, there's no way she's anything else or he's anything else. Crookshanks also they, Do, it, who they, knows? Yeah. I, weird. I never thought of Crookshanks as a male cat. Anyway. I didn't either. And I always thought it was because I have a friend um, who has a female cat named Crookshanks. But 
There's also that weird thing where it's like dogs are poison. Cats I was are gonna girls. say, yeah, I've like always in my life associated cats as cats are girls <laughs> and dogs are boys. Yeah, yeah. But it so Scabber's behavior here, it, Peter Pettigrew's fucking behavior Peter Pettigrew. here is hard to understand because the grounds is where Crookshanks and fucking Series Black are roaming wild and free so like why is he trying so hard once he leaves the safety of Hagrid's hut to like get onto the ground you would think he would do anything possible to like be shepherded safely to the dormitory at that point yeah I think we've questioned before though how much like human logic is happening yeah for him at this point been a rat for a really long time he has been a rat just like some instinctual things happening yeah, quote, Scabbers was plainly terrified and like, yeah, okay, so so then Crookshank shows up and for the first time in the entire fucking book, Hermione is like, no, not this fucking cat right now. Oh my god. Which like, to be really honest, as a cat parent is like, that's how cat parents be. They're like, you don't, like, get out of my way. Like, like you're a stupid cat. Like, because cats feel that way about you. So it has to be like a back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hermione basically is like, for the love of God, fuck off, like, Crookshanks. Can Crookshanks, or maybe it's explored in a later chapter, can Crookshanks see them through the invisibility cloak? Well, it's unclear. It's that's unclear. What, that's what I'm confused about, is that Scabbers seems to be very terrified that Crookshanks is there. But if they're under the in- invisibility cloak then there shouldn't be any reason for the fact that anything penetrates the invisibility cloak pisses me off so much it should be death's own cloak right like it should be impervious it's like the 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 rock cloak from lord of the rings you know what i'm talking about oh yes yes There is, like, the the folklore that cats have nine lives, okay? And then a measle is, like, a magical equivalent of a cat. So what if it's not cats that have nine lives, it's measles? And so they have this, like, understanding of death. You know what I mean? Mm. That's just, like, a random headcanon. I like that. I like that. But um, in this particular instance, the text does say that, um, you know, Harry wasn't sure whether Crookshanks found them because Scabbers was making a lot of noise. Yes. Or if. He could see through the cloak. So. He has also um, wondered before if Mrs. Norris could see through the cloak. And that bitch yeah. is a regular ass cat. That's not a fancy magic cat. We don't know if we don't know that that's true, though. I mean, just like her ass. We've theorized. <laughs> we've theorized. I think, like. The- oh, yeah, you're right. We've theorized that it's like on um, Filch's, like, sister or wife yeah. or something. <laughs> well, like, the, the fact that there can be three unregistered animaguses, animagus. Animagi. <laughs> Animagi at all to me is like you can trust zero animals are what they it's say. True. Yes. Yeah. Turn suspiciously to my cat. <laughs> They're <Right>. all <laughs> animad. Anima- let hang on. Let's That's let's freeze for a shanks. second. That's let's- Daedalus Diggle. <laughs> <laughs> Daedalus. Let's talk for for a second about how the audiobooks pronounce like animagus and because I remember specifically the the Jim Dale one is like animagi or something and i remember being like i am okay no (laughs) i have to listen to the audiobook at one time speed jim dale reads the slowest of any human being alive (laughs) but i found the cds and i bought a car with a cd player so now i just have to (laughs) you bought the car for the sole purpose of listening to the harry potter um, audiobooks no i bought the car because it fit two car seats 
But then I got into it and I was like, it's that's what you'll six, tell the kids. Six disc changer. Oh yeah, we're doing this right now. Put it in all of the and every disc is a different disc in the Prisoner of Azkaban. Audio. Prisoner of Azkaban is ten discs, so I had to do like one through six and then yeah, you know, put it seven put it on shuffle and get real confused. <laughs> oh my god, what a nightmare! So so Ron drops scabbers. Crookshanks gives chase. There's going to be a lot of like curt action sentences in my notes here. Yeah, I I, I just want to point out the the fact that Rowling uses the word the. Okay, it says Crookshanks. Hermione moaned. No, go away. And I'm like, I don't think moaned is the right word here. And then she uses it again later yeah. when Hermione is like yelling, should be like fussing after Ron. It says just Ron in it's italics. Like a couple Hermione lines down. moaned. Yeah. I kind of get it. Mm. I don't know. Okay, so just okay, so she's whining the name Ron, and just as a reminder to everyone, my husband's name is Sean. So there's <laughs> definitely like it's like it's not hard to like moan a name that sounds like that. You know what I mean? Not innocent. That sounds. You know what? Like I think. Wow. <laughs> We're like, and, it, but no, it just be like, Ron. Anyway, and so oh, it might it might be yeah, just yeah. because I was listening. I was listening to a podcast where they were like they were going through like the quote unquote like rules that an author should follow, and one of them was about like. Um, Dialogue text. There, there's a there's a lot of conflicting like quote unquote advice or whatever about how about to it. use dialogue tags. Yeah. Um and like because I remember my high school teacher being like, if you can use a more descriptive word than said, use that. Yes. You know, it shouldn't always just be you know Hermione said, Harry said, Ron said. Snape ejaculated Slughorn. <laughs> So goes uh, a quote from Harry Potter that former guest William shared in our Facebook group. It says, a note to all aspiring novelists. Sometimes you should just use said. And then someone follows up by saying, Snape, he nutted. And and so I really noticed it on this page in particular because it says like, um, uh, it says Hermione. Yeah. Ron hissed. Hermione whispered. Hermione moaned. And then she moaned again. Harry muttered. He does a lot of muttering in this Fucking series. Harry and his muttering. <laughs> I don't know. It was just something that it has nothing to do with this chapter. I just, I don't know. I just like really noticed it. And I guess that was maybe like a writing style of the times. And especially since this is like a quote unquote, you know, children's book or yeah. like early teen book at this point in the series. I do think this book more than the first two is so satisfying. Like, I think that this is when when her editor was like, "We're gonna, this is the one, right?" Oh yeah, the, the, I, it is the one. It's gonna I'm, get better. <laughs> Grace, Grace and I were like chatting today, and I was like, "This chapter, <laughs> oh, this chapter is excellent." It, it like it brings everything to a head, right? It's like this is why we yeah. kept visiting Scabbers. This is why we kept talking oh, about Crookshanks. It's so well done. This story is so well executed. Oh my god. Okay, wait. Shut up. Let's get there. So okay. yeah, we can continue talking. So. Ron drops grabbers, Crookshanks gives chase, Ron throws the cloak off of him and and as well gives chase. He disappears into the dark. Night has just fallen, right? Like one second ago, it became pitch black outside. So he disappears into the darkness and Ron and Hermione take off after him and they can't run with the cloak. It's streaming out behind them. I do like that image, though, of them yes. trying to run together under the cloak for a second. That does seem it's funny It's like the littlest, me. fastest steps. 
Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, it's dark. Who cares? Like, let's, yeah. let's, I mean, there's priorities right now. Okay. So they find Ron on the ground. They almost run over him. He's forcing Scabbers back into his pocket. No offense, but like, I would have beyond given up on Scabbers by now. Like, go, dude. Fuck you. Go. Like, I've already come to terms with your death. Go into the woods. See if I care. You were in hardly any of the second book. Just get out, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think? Would you be like so aggressively trying to get him? I mean, it's his pet. It's quote. It's like supposedly the first like thing that he's had that's like just his, like specially his, and he's lived his but whole it's life a getting down. Though. Yeah, it's still a hand-me-down. Is Scabbers a hand-me-down? Yeah. yeah. His wand is not. How his long wand did in Percy? This book is brand new. Percy oh, it is brand new this ostensibly time, yeah. had Scabbers for like 10 years before he passed him along to Ron. Can you imagine Peter Pettigrew? He's about to he grow. gets passed along he gets passed along to Ron. He's like, "Oh cool, okay. The new the new Weasley boy is my owner. That's fine." And then he goes he's <laughs> Best sitting of Harry. <laughs> yeah, and then he's sitting on Ron's lap in the train and then Harry Harry like sits down in front of it. That's not actually how it happened. It was the reverse, but whatever. And then <laughs> Peter Pettigrew is just like, fuck. <laughs> I do think Peter Pettigrew is the rat is like a detail that she was like, I've decided as I sit down to write this third novel that Peter Pettigrew is the rat. The rat <laughs> was something all along. <laughs> it was Peter all along. Um, okay, so, like, imagine this. You're Peter Pettigrew. You're a rat, right? And you're with this guy, Percy. You're like, cool, I found this, like, wizard dude. He's going to take care of me. And then and then Percy's like, I don't want this rat anymore. <laughs> and, give, and, and gives you to his younger brother. And it's like, dude, you're not even, like, a good rat. Like, Percy doesn't <laughs> even want you anymore. I just imagine little <laughs> Percy, like, grooming little Peter Pettigrew and giving him, like, a little rat come over <laughs> and, like... Oh my god! And now, now the rat's like balding, like missing hunks of hair, and like disgusting. yeah, he's not good. Oh Ron's he's probably a terrible okay. owner. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah, he definitely is like a really great like kid pet owner. He's like yeah, I feed him from the table, and it's like well, maybe rats shouldn't be eating like. But he's also not a rat. He's a technically a human. We've talked so before about matter. like what is Peter Pettigrew's stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Because Ron talks about, like, how he likes fudge, which, like, animals aren't supposed to have chocolate. Anyway, okay, we're not going back there. So they're they're in the pitch darkness of the Hogwarts grounds, which I used to live in the woods. Y'all are from Roanoke. You used to live in the woods. Like, the woods is scary. I would not be out there in the pitch darkness. I like this uh, this this perspective you have of Roanoke, that it's just, it's just the like, woods. Just the Wait, woods. Well, hold on. Woods. Grace lived in, like, the woods woods, okay? Yeah, like, on the side of a mountain woods. Yeah. Oh. And the Blue Ridge Parkway, for me, is, is right there. So, like, I'm near the woods, but right there is a cul-de-sac, so. <laughs> but, yes, we are all familiar with the concept of scary, spooky Yeah, like, woods. they're, like, deep. They're right next to the Forbidden Forest, and, like, night has fallen, and they have just, like, ostensibly fuck i'm i it's i learned great word i learned that word recently i used it too much i got out of the habit and now i'm using it again in this episode out of the darkness comes the grim straight up that's what harry thinks it is when he sees it he's like that's the grim that's been haunting me it's a it's a giant black dog which this is where Haley would die because she'd be like puppy I think, I mean, I think we all, I would at least. I probably would too. I would have, <laughs> wa- I would have walked up to Sirius at the bus stop. 
<laughs> yeah, I would be like, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. Before we get on the bus, there's a dog, guys. Yeah. There's a we dog need to call there. the SPCA. He's by himself. Is he microchipped? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bus, I would like to tell a brief anecdote. Yeah. Um, before I recorded this episode, I was in downtown Richmond for a friend's happy hour birthday situation. And I was parallel parking my car and I was like, oh no, there's a bus behind me, a city bus, and I'm in their way. So I was parallel parking in front of this bus. The bus creeps up next to me and in my head, I'm like, please just go around me. Like you have all this room, go around me. And instead the bus driver stops the bus, opens the door and is like, you got six inches. You got it. Come on. And he helped me parallel park my car with an entire bus full of riders. As someone who has, stru- who has like, been in some very struggling parallel parking situations, <laughs> I think that's amazing. It was hilarious. I was like, thank you so oh much. God. And, like, like a whole bus full of people were like, why did we stop? And they were looking out the window at me successfully parking my car <laughs> thanks like, to that guy. Oh, it's this, it's wow. this dumb bitch trying to parallel park. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. So it's the Grim. Harry tries to pull out his wand, but the dog pounces on him and, and knocks Harry over. Okay. Do we think Sirius is like fully human lucid right now? I So like, I'm a little unclear on the details because I didn't finish the following chapter. Did Sirius still kill 12 other people? No. 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 Sirius okay. killed nobody. Sirius killed nobody. But he's, he's like trying ready. to do his first murder tonight. He's Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We will discuss when we get to that line. But yeah. Sirius is just so extra. He, no, he certainly is. <laughs> and I but- love it. So Sirius attacking Harry right here is the one part of this whole chapter and this whole novel where I'm like, writing is lost here. This is well, this no, because I think Harry pulls a wand. At least in 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 the movie, it, it's implied that the reason he goes after Ron and not like Harry here or whatever is because he's going after Scabbers. Right. But I'm I'm wondering, right. so Sirius Black has never met Harry Potter before. His best friend's son who looks just like him. And like he, he uh, hits him so hard in the chest that Harry wonders if he broke ribs, right? And so my question is like, is like, is like is Sirius thinking clearly? Is he driven by bloodlust right now? Is oh he, yeah, I has he so. been a dog too long? Like Peter Pettigrew, even though Sirius has only been a dog for a couple months. Like, mm. like is he just like mad with the power of being so close to like murdering this guy that he's been trying to murder? Yeah. Probably yes. <laughs> I you answered so, yeah. your own question. I think it's hard to like if you know somebody has that capacity in them though. It, it's hard for me to be like. Oh, he's this great godfather figure later on down the line. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the flip side of it is that Harry pulls a wand on Sirius Black and he's like, I don't want you to hurt me. I don't want to hurt you. So I'm going to jump on you. And he's like, oh shit, I forgot I'm like a giant dog. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sorry yeah. if I accidentally broke a rib or two. <laughs> That's like the flip side of it. That, that would be me in that situation. I'm not even trying to murder you. I'm trying to murder this other guy. I'm yeah, so sorry. I, think, I forgot I'm gigantic. I think he's. Just trying to get to Ron slash Scabbers slash Peter Pettigrew. And he isn't really paying attention to what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And this is from Harry's perspective. And we all know that Harry is delicate. Sirius probably barely (laughs) tapped him. He's completely fine. Okay, There's like a whole narrative in this book about somebody getting literally barely tapped and being so sensitive and after Griff dies. Like, or almost dies. Yeah, that is a great parallel. So maybe Harry, I, 
This is one of my biggest complaints about people who discuss the Potter books. They call Harry an unreliable narrator. I could not disagree more. Harry's an amazing narrator. Oh! Is that the end of your sentence? I'll bring you on for another chapter later when um he's... I'll bring you on for my favorite chapter, the Cho Chang... Madam Puttyfoot date chapter where it's like Harry does not know what's happening to him. (laughs) Nick Carraway is a terrible narrator. Holden Caulfield is a terrible narrator. Harry gives you like the details and thinks like a teenage boy. There was like some, you know, on the internet there'd just be posts floating around and you don't know where you saw them, but there was some post that was like, like like Dumbledore could have been dating Buckbeak and like Harry wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> I do like this implication, though, that, like, if Harry, if we're calling Harry an unreliable narrator and, like, Sirius barely tapped him here, but he's blowing it out of proportion for the sake of his own story. Yes. Whereas earlier, what if Draco actually was, like, severely maimed? <laughs> and, and, like, and Buck Harry, Harry, murder like, was, no like, yeah. Yeah, like, totally <laughs> Very justified. justified. Yeah. And Harry just was just, like... Mm, it was just a little scratch. He's just a baby. And everyone's like, his arm was cut off and they had to reattach it. Like, <laughs> so, okay. So Ron steps. I love this detail. Ron steps in front of Harry to protect him. Ron has a lot of Gryffindor moments here. Yeah. Ron is big Griff energy in the second half of this book. He was big bitch energy in the first half of this book. He's big Griff energy now. He steps in front of Harry because I think because everyone always assumes that if there's something bad happening, the pursuer Harry. is going for Harry. Well, that's what I think is is funny about the like serious jumping the way that it's narrated is like you're expecting for the dog to come and attack Harry and then he just goes around. Harry's like, oh, Harry. I'm right He's here. like, I'm here. Are you not going <laughs> to attack me? Yeah. <laughs> Get me, God Daddy. <laughs> dog Daddy, God Daddy. Oh my God. <laughs> well, dog spelled backwards is God. God. So yes. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so, so, so the dog bites ron's arm and like oh god i just fucking love ron so much in the books dude so the dog starts to drag ron away maybe ron's like oh i shouldn't have stepped in front of harry like that (laughs) i regret everything (laughs) it drags him into the darkness and so harry's like what's happening And, and then something um for lack of a better word whomps him (laughs) <laughs> I wonder what it could be. What, what could it be? It felt spe- uh, it felt suspiciously like a willow. Yeah, branch. willow just whomping you. Yeah, uh, and it whomps Hermione also. <laughs> Real mad Mardigan energy there. Yeah, and it thus is- commences the dumbest scene in all of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> and I will thus commences that. the whomping. Okay, so here I wrote. I was like writing in all capitals about the movie here. Like yeah. I, it's so dumb. We'll talk about all, it when we get to the yeah. Movie. Like let's just like all agree not to talk about the movie here because I wrote a lot of things and like I think we should. Just I will have to bring it up later. Like but let the this pu- scene is dumb. Let the purity of like how chaotically and like well executed this is in the books. Like let it be its own thing and like let us not lead this conversation to the film. Well, there are okay. no we'll issues see. with the Prisoner of Azkaban film. I want to be very clear about that. Yeah. Indeed. Um. <laughs> You run a movie podcast, I'll bring you back on for a movie, not this one, it's already been taken. I was going to say, we've already scheduled that, and I'll be damned if he's taking my spot. <laughs> also, you your imagine? child will be born by then, so. Boring. Are you doing it, like, this week? My child will be born, like, 
okay. tonight. Special, just wait, brief interlude, special shout out to Tyler's baby for, by the grace of God, hopefully not being born until at least You've we're done recording You've literally just this. jinxed it. We're, we're two, we're three pages into the chapter. I know. So here's, here's the contraction timer for the past like hour-ish. They're about four minutes, 40 seconds apart. What? Is that bad? Wait, Wait is she actively is having she contractions? <laughs> yeah, she's been in labor for like babies. a week and a half. What? Yeah. Labor's insane. So basically, you're in labor when your cervix opens, right? And then, so she's okay. about four centimeters dilated, and now she's having intense contractions every four-ish minutes. So if we get down Maybe to like we three should... minutes, then then I need to worry. Maybe we should keep okay. talking then. Yeah, yeah. let's yeah, keep let's talking. About this <laughs> special special shout out to baby Carlin for, for the love of God holding on until the end of this episode. <laughs> okay, so they're getting whomped. Okay, the dog is dragging Ron to a gap in the tree's roots. And Ron, I hate, I, Gross. it's really, it's, it's so hard. Just say it, just say it and get it out. He, Ron yeah. hooks one of his legs around a root to try to stop mm-hmm. himself, which I think I would do also. And you can hear it break audibly. Like a gunshot. Why would she include that detail? There's no guns in Potter. Wait, does it say like a gunshot? <laughs> a horrible crack cut the air like a gunshot. Ron's oh. leg had broken. Oh, it does say that. It wow. does. I didn't remember that. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, it well, does say that. That is disgusting. Okay, like I'm, I'm like medically queasy, and like this upsets me. You should come witness childbirth. Hermione wants to go for help, but Harry's like, "We need to." There's no time. There's no time. And Hermione's like, "Funny you mention it." <laughs> wow, good one. <laughs> um. Okay, so Harry's trying to figure out how they can pursue him, and Hermione is quote dancing uncertainly and whispering quote help help frantically. <laughs> And like I, I think that's love, hilarious. I love how Hermione, especially in these first couple books, is so so deeply not cool under pressure. <laughs> like, yeah. why should she be cool under pressure? Considering the way she was raised as like a cush cushy only child in like a very well off family. I should also why- mention she's a child. I think any child would be wigged out by this situation. This is also Hermione at a time when like. Having time to think about things is so paramount to who she is because she can, like, travel through time. So in this, like, hectic, quick moment, she can't just be like, I need more time. Yes, absolutely. And it's also worth noting that this is her last day of exams in what has been a deeply, like, we've been calling it sleep deprived. I have no sympathy for Hermione Granger. Well, but it's important to remember that her circadian rhythm rhythm is off. Her mental health is off. She's been off. Like, she's really, like, not okay mentally. So she's, like, and today was her last day of exams. She probably was, like, wow, I'm gonna go to bed at nine and wake up at noon. You know what I mean? And it's, like, no. Meanwhile, she's, like, (laughs) I have to go save these dumb boys. Yeah. And this Mm -hmm. dog and this rat and this werewolf and this hippogriff. Yeah. So Crookshanks darts through the whomping branches and he- They're like, what do we do? Convenient cat shows up and it's like, I know. Let me tell you something about fucking cats, dude. Everything that Crookshanks does in this fucking chapter is like, that's such a fucking goddamn cat move. It's like, you've known how to pause the whomping willow this whole fucking year. And you've just been straight chilling. You've been sleeping the on my fact bed. Also, <laughs> that the Whomping Willow just has like, like a, a an G-spot. on-off switch. Yeah. <laughs> a G spot. Let's call it. Let's call it what it is. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Sure. Okay, I love it. Um, Hermione's like, oh my god, Crookshanks, how'd you know how to do that? And then Harry's like, that your fucking cat is friends with this fucking dog that I thought I was hallucinating until this very night. Okay, like, your fucking cat and this fucking dog and this fucking rat, and that's the name of the chapter. Um... <laughs> So Crookshanks goes into the tunnel between the roots. Harry goes into the tunnel. Hermione goes into first the tunnel. First of all, Harry goes into the tunnel head first. And if that's not the most Harry thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> there's, um, there's a, oh shoot, I don't remember exactly where it is. But um, there is a, another great, like, classic, like, Harry, like, <laughs> line of narration that's just like, yep, that's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Harry did something very brave and very stupid. Very stupid. stupid. <laughs> so Her- they're walking along the tunnel. Harry's like, I remember this tunnel from the Marauders map. I know it goes to Hogsmeade, but I'm, I'm not sure exactly where it lets out. So they walk along the path, quote, bent almost double. So... Why, okay, well, why why is this tunnel like this? Why does why do they have to bend in half? Didn't Sirius Lupin? Maybe nope, it's... I said Sirius Lupin. Didn't Lupin try to get to the shack before he was like a wolf? <laughs> no, I think he had to go as a wolf. Why no, would they let him transform? The whole thing first? is that they yeah. The whole thing is that they put him in. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe after years of this not being used, it's like maybe it needed to be maintained. I don't know. Interesting. Don't it's know. a tunnel under the ground. Secret it's a. I, it, you could say it's a secret <laughs> tunnel. The show. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was uh, ruining your joke. I'm of the impression that there's not a building that you could describe as a shack that could hold a werewolf. That's a great point. Yeah. Fair. Maybe it just looks that way from the outside, you know what I mean? It's there's magic, right? There's like magic with magic. no system oh, like yeah. unlimitedly fueled magic. Surely this there's... world has a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. But it could be like like a fucking like safe house, like a spy kids level safe house, because that's oh the only God. safe house I've ever fucking Man. seen in my life. Danny Trejo's in there. <laughs> <laughs> but but on the outside it's enchanted to look like a fucking rundown shack or whatever. The thing that I couldn't really wrap my mind around was the length of this tunnel. Like, it's yeah. miles. Is it miles? It is. Yeah. I think it is miles. Because it has to go from the Hogwarts ground to Hogsmeade. And so the Shrieking Ron Shack is, like, on the outskirts. Ron was literally dragged for miles, is what. With feel. a broken leg. I'm hoping he falls unconscious. I okay. can't say that. I don't, <laughs> is that better? It can't I don't be like know. that. I think that's better three for clicks now. does the trick, though, right? That's three hours. If you're injured, I in Ron's circumstance, I would hope that the pain knocked him out for the duration of his travel. travel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the tunnel eventually ends. Um, they come out into a room. I described it in our intro. Um, Hermione says that she thinks they're in the Shrieking Shack. What a fucking nightmare thing to realize. Mm-hmm. And then um, Harry says something. They like see all this destruction, and Harry's like, "A ghost didn't do that." Yeah, there's like, <laughs> yeah. there's okay, chunks missing could from have, furniture like... and shit. You're right, Peeves could have. Peeves <laughs> would. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah, like they say, this shit is haunted, but like ghosts did not do that. So they hear a creak from overhead. I guess it's like a proper house. The, the, this is where it's like not a shack. This is like a house. It's got levels. Um, they hear a creak overhead, so they like move on. Um, Hermione is grasping Harry's arm so fucking tight. I love her anxiety, dude. I really do. It's almost like she's not and a Harry, perfect, like flawless character. Harry gives who can her no a, a look, and it's like, can you? 
fucking let go of me. And she's like, sorry. <laughs> and let's go. They go upstairs. They they can see like they can see where Ron was dragged because the house is really dusty, but there's like a stripe. I like remember reading all of this so vividly when I was a see, kid, dude. It's so funny mm. you say that you remember reading it like super vividly because like I was just about to say when you were talking about like the dust and the drag marks, I was just going to call out the movie for having like such that amazing attention to detail for this same scene too. Cause that's like really vivid in my head as well. Alfonso Cuaron does no wrong. Cuaron. And see, and like you can say it? see. May I say it? I don't know. Cuaron. Cuaron. Cormorant. They had an opportunity there. Quarantine. He was, he was cheaper and he was better than David Yates. Uh, I want to clarify that, like, I'm not, I don't have a disdain for Alfonso Cuarón. I just can't, <laughs> I just physically can't say his last name. Anyway. I can't remember this part from the movie, so that's cool oh to me. It's so really? good. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. All right. So Ron is in the room. What room? I don't know. It's a room. He's on the floor. He's grasping his broken legs while, <laughs> leg, Singular. While Crookshanks is purring beside him. This is not the first and not the last time that I noted classic cat shit. You're fucked up. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I'm just going to say Crookshanks is happy. <laughs> also, like, Ron has been a total dick to Crookshanks this entire year. So there. OK, no, we're, we can't even get into the politics of Ron and Crookshanks right now <laughs> because Ron was right and Crookshanks was right. Well, yeah, but I'm <laughs> just saying that, like, Crookshanks is probably like, I mean, I'm not like. Like, I'm on your side. I'm going to try and help you, but I'm also not exactly, you know, upset that Kirk you're Shanks in pain. Crookshanks is like, you can't kick me when your leg's broken. <laughs> this is true. I think if Crookshanks wanted to eat Peter Pettigrew, he would have. I kind yeah, of agree. Yeah. Crookshanks is the reason this is all happening. Fuck Crookshanks, actually. You know what? He could have ended this madness, uh, and, and he chose not to. I think if you eat a rat who is actually a person... You explode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're like all in the room now, and Ron's like, it's a trap. It's a trap! The dog is an animagus, and then the door shuts behind them. This is this is the scene that I remember so vividly from the movie that I think is really well done. Maybe it's because of like when this book was released, but like I just so vividly remember reading this climax for the first time, dude. It like really affected me. This was, like, part of my journey to, like, becoming a fucking book lover was, like, this fucking scene, dude. And it's, like, it's not what we thought. And, like, the good guys are bad and the bad guys are good and the rat is a person. And, and, like, it comes full circle and, like, Hermione hasn't even told us her secret yet. (sighs) I just... It's a lot. It's It's a lot. lot. Okay. So the room, the door shuts. Um, There's a man in the shadows. Harry turns to look. It's Sirius Black. Quote, filthy matted hair. Quote, deep dark eye sockets. Quote, waxy skin stretched so tightly he looked like a skull. Quote, yellow teeth bared in a grin. I want to point out that it says, if eyes hadn't been shining out of the deep dark sockets, because the eyes are something that JK uses yeah. like all the time she for loves descriptors. Her twinkling and, eyes. His, loves and his eyes are referenced like, a couple times in this chapter, at least, of, like, there was, like, a flicker of, you know, I don't know, hesitation or, or like, remorse or yeah. something in his eyes. So, yeah. I, I don't know, just wanted to point that out. 
So Sirius Black has Ron's wand. He immediately disarms Harry and Hermione. Um, they they kind of like engage in this conversation where Sirius Black is like saying one thing and Harry's kind of hearing something else due to his like misunderstanding of the situation. So Sirius Black is like, you came for your friend, your father would have done the same for me. And Harry's like, you're, te- you're taunting me. Mm-hmm. And that like really gets Harry deep in his bloodlust. <laughs> He is like, I want my wand back so I can do murder. Like, he really he really is. He's like, I, he, he doesn't want to defend himself. He wants to do murder. So here's the question. Does Harry know any murder spells? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He's going to Wingardium no. Leviosa, a rock no. onto your face. And this is where <laughs> I think the A Very Potter musical slash A Very Potter sequel franchise is hilarious because they make fun of the fact that like they're fir- they're like first years and second years and so the spells they know are like I'm going to throw everything I know at them Lumos, the tickling charm the bubble head charm, everything <laughs> Wow, check us out over the summer if you want to hear us cover a Harry Potter musical If you don't have me on I will leave this yeah. podcast What? Wow Why? Just- why? Wait, why? <laughs> I said because I I love that musical. As, did I not come through clear? If you have to have me on for that. You'll, you said don't oh, have me on. You, yeah, oh, what, I said what, if you, oh, if we you didn't, don't We didn't have, hear the if you, we just we heard, didn't don't, hear that bit. I heard oh. don't have me oh. on, I will leave. And I was like, <laughs> I don't see a way out. I'll do both. <laughs> oh, okay, bye. <laughs> no, if. Please have me on, I love that show so much. So, anyway. The interesting thing in this moment to me is that Sirius Black and Harry Potter have the exact same motivation in this moment. They're both trying to avenge the murder of James and Lily Potter by killing the person who caused they their think murder. They responsible, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's so cool. And I love it. I think it's so funny how like Sirius didn't raise Harry and they're not biologically related, but they have a lot of the same tendencies. <laughs> I love it. I, I do really love it. Was James Potter a jackass? Yes. Is Sirius Black sometimes a jackass? Yes. Is Harry sometimes a jackass? Yes. But like the way well, that they clearly all are the same type of dude, you know well, what I mean? And, it's very and, rewarding. And Sirius didn't raise Harry, but Harry was raised in a very similar situation to Sirius. <gasps> <gasps> oh my gosh, the hot take. You're right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, wow. so he's trying to murder everyone. <laughs> and they both live in like a safe house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh a spy kid safe house. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, so Harry, with his bloodlust, physically lunges for black with no wand. I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry, but I just That's want to point out for. that Sirius Black. It says there'll only be one murder here tonight. Is Sirius Black trying to terrify these children? Yes. <laughs> He's just insane. <laughs> this this drove me nuts reading this. Like, just tell them. Just be like, I'm here to murder the rat. Oh, he's talking about murder and grinning ever more yeah. broadly. Like he's. I get that he is probably a little unhinged. We've all been talking about, will we even know how to socially interact after the pandemic's over? Well, yes. will Sirius Black <laughs> even know how to socially interact after being in prison for twelve years? Let's all let's all let's all say when we get out when we get out of quarantine, it'll be um, what is it? Twelve years of it, <laughs> <laughs> <In> quarantine. <laughs> My audio 
Spike is amazing. Have fun it's editing ama- that. It's amazing. So <laughs> I don't think he's trying to scare them. I think he just really does not really. He's like so overwhelmed by with like the what's happening that he's just not even thinking or, about how much of a murderer he's seeming maybe- like. maybe. Because we learn more about Sirius in the other books, maybe he just wants to cause a little more chaos than necessary. You never know. Or maybe because he's part puppy, he's like like smiling, <laughs> he's like wagging his tail. And I don't so he's know like, why. I've never heard him refer to part puppy. Part puppy. That's the funniest shit. <laughs> I think he's a fu- wait, 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 wait. When Sirius first became an animagus, do you think he was like a puppy and then oh, he had to like grow so into cute. a full- into like a big d- big boy, big dog? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to become these animagus to help our friends. And they're like, I'm a deer. I'm a rat, which somehow helps us protect our werewolf friend. That's fine. And then and then it's just serious as a puppy. <laughs> I love it. Very cute. That would make Peter Pettigrew like itty bitty baby rat. A little, a little baby, baby Yeah, rat. I guess they would all be babies. Yeah, they would have to all be babies. That would be so cute. That's so cute. Harry really classic Harry move screams he killed my mom and dad all and, caps and all ca- there's a lot of all caps in this chapter and he yes. lunges at Sirius Black full of bloodlust Harry forces Sirius Black's wand hand away and like I guess he punches him the language like doesn't really describe it like a good punch but it like fist connected it's like it does <laughs> The language is funny to me, but it does say, yeah, the knuckles of Harry's other hand collided with the side of Black's head. That's not so a good So it doesn't sound punch. like it was intentional. <laughs> I'm just imagining they're just like they're just yeah, they're just like fucking scrap. Remember when Harry and Ron fight in like the last movie or the second to last movie? That is what I imagine is happening here. They're like wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's confusing. I wrote that in my notes. I wrote they're wrestling, and it's confusing. <laughs> Um, they fall into a wall. Sirius Black starts choking Harry. Hermione comes and kicks Sirius Black, so he lets go. And then Ron somehow gets involved, even though he has a broken leg, and gets Sirius Black to drop his wand. Harry goes for the wand, but Crookshanks scratches him. Quote, Crookshanks had joined the fray. I love it. A fucking cat, dude. Crookshanks has entered the fight, you know. <laughs> like, also, like, not to be this way, but, like... A cat clawing you, like, you can still achieve your goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it hurts, but it's not going to, like, remember, physically stop Crookshanks you. Crookshanks is like a lion. Uh-uh. Disagreed. You're not achieving your goal here. We established earlier in this in this episode, though, that maybe Harry likes to blow things out of proportion. He's delicate. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, he's a delicate little baby. So yeah. maybe it was just, it was just a little scratch. It's like, owie. Yeah, he, I mean, I guess if you've never been clawed by a cat before and a cat claws you, you would pause. But really, it's not going to stop you. Like, you'll be okay. So Harry aims a kick at Crookshanks. And my understanding is that he, like, doesn't have to execute the kick. Crookshanks is like, that's a kick. And he backs out of the way. And that's how you know, that's how you know that Crookshanks is not your standard house cat. Because a standard house cat does not get out of the way when you threaten them with a kick. I know from experience you have to f- actually kick them. <laughs> I would never kick my cats. But sometimes they're in the middle of the staircase and you do have to nudge them with your toe hard. You ever you ever nudge them with your toe? I, this happens to my dogs all the time. Like, oh, you're so, you gotta like nudge them and you're like, oh my god, but you're so warm. And then you just kind of like stand there. <laughs> Yes, I have been entrapped, which is what you're describing is entrapment. <laughs> That's why, um, like, 
kings and like royalty in the ye olden ages would have like pugs as they would in these tiny dogs as they would have them to sleep at the foot of like in like they under their covers special spaniels to, like, warm for their feet that's yeah. adorable wait they i bred don't like special it. spaniels they're the cavalier king charles spaniel they're every cavalier is British royalty. They're the most common form of British royalty. What? I knew a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. My parents have two of them. So what? not only are we YouTubers, but we have British royalty in the family. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, okay, serious fucking chokes? Harry? What? Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan. I think that's a self-defense thing. I think it's a little wolf star like Remus liked it, so maybe you Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> No, that's not until the next page. I know. I get so excited. Man, I've never even begun to talk about Wolfstar on this podcast because... Let me tell you something. I didn't ship it until you were like, you have to read this chapter. And then I was like, oh, they're in love. They're in love. They're in love. <laughs> Adele, if you're out there, <laughs> this one's for you. They're in love. It is a lot more interesting if you read, like, when he comes in and they have this, like, cryptic conversation where, like, they say things, but they don't really say things. And if you, like, replace the word werewolf with gay or, you know, or, like, oh, it was actually you, you know, whatever. It It's like, you know what? This hits different. Uh, this this would be way be- this would be way better if it's also just it's just everyone's dream to imagine a world in which Sirius got to keep Harry somehow and he and Lupin raised Harry mm. together as a gay couple. Lupin is the only acceptable and it would have been amazing. What's the word? Guardian? Guardian. I was like guidance, guidance is not right. <laughs> so Harry finally gets his wand and he tells Ron and Hermione to get out of the way and it's like you didn't have to tell them twice. First of all Ron <laughs> collapses on the bed because he has a broken yeah. leg and the fact that he has come so far is incredible. Why haven't they just like repaired that shit? No <laughs> do they one, not know repair? No. I'm not sure you can do that on books. At least, at least do something like really rudimentary to maybe because it mentions that like it's bent at a weird angle. At least uh, do something to maybe unbend it. Lockhart. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, Grace, you shut your damn whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that is the last thing this situation needs. Is counter. Can you imagine if instead of Snape? I mean, spoiler alert. Wow. What if instead of Snape who burst in, it was Gilderoy Lockhart? <laughs> Well, the thing with the end of this book is that, like, I don't really remember what happens when. So this whole chapter, I was like, where's Snape? Where's Snape, yeah. the party killer? Like, this scene could have gone really well if Snape never shows up. It's you know so, I mean? the thing is, though, is that he shows up after all of the crucial information has been revealed. I it's remember after now. that. Yeah. Because yep. that's when he comes to fuck shit up. And they're like, we, if you had been here five minutes ago, you would have heard. Mm-hmm. But you weren't. I also think there's a, there's a chance here, as long as we're talking about shipping characters mm. that Snape was in love with one of these two as well mm-hmm. because like I, we know the like who's Lily thing right that was stupid and predatory and I didn't like it at all but if like but think about this if like Snape and Lupin were lovers but Lupin was also with Sirius and like James kept bullying him because James was like kind of publicly homophobic except for his boys you know like I don't know wow. it was the 80s man you could do this stuff my my personal preferred headcanon one of our former guests danny laid this on me and i haven't been able to forget it since that it's not 
Lily that Snape was obsessed with, but it's James Potter. Uh, and to, to me, that makes this whole story make so much I more like sense, that. honestly. And so uh, the reason that he appears to have been obsessed with Lily is because it's like Lily was fulfilling this role that he couldn't. Mm-hmm. That's my preference. Cool. Anyway, so. <laughs> I, think, I think what is undeniable here is that there's some real hot gay shit going on. Quote, there's some real hot gay shit going on. Harry moaned. <laughs> Harry moaned. <laughs> no! <laughs> it says, like, embraced him like a brother. And it was like, oh, step bro. Okay. Like, like a brother like or a brother. possibly a lover. You can't be anyway, my brother so lover. Harry's ready to kill... Serious, and yeah. they're all like, "Do you even know how to kill Harry? <laughs> Harry has this wand level that I didn't even think about that while I was reading this chapter because he spends a lot of the language of this chapter trying to muster the the courage, but like we don't address the fact that he genuinely doesn't know how to kill somebody. And Serious, or I guess it's just at this point we're calling him Black. Black. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. this is so. I love the switch in this book when it starts referring to him as serious instead of black. Yeah. Um, but it says, it says going to kill me, Harry, he whispered. And I'm like, serious, you fucking chaotic nightmare. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, serious is like, if you killed like, me, you know that would be the circle of go life. And I'd it. be happy. It's like, go yeah. for it. Well, he would, I think, I think he's okay with Harry killing him. Cause he's like, that's what James would do. Like they weren't <laughs> raven claws. Like they were like, <laughs> good true. one, James. You know, he's like, if I knew what Harry knew, I would kill me. Yeah, yeah, but also you have to remember that Sirius does blame himself. And he even says it. He's like, yeah. I would say that I killed your parents. And it's like, oh, man, you might want to it's explain like, no, some stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. like, let's, I let's don't clarify. deny it. Yeah. So, he doesn't deny it, and that's because he does blame himself. That's why Lupin's the teacher. With Harry's wand in his face, Sirius finally starts to insist that Harry doesn't know the whole story. Harry doesn't really want to hear it. A lot of the rest of this chapter is adults being like, wait, listen to reason, and the children screaming no. So, like, Harry's like, I'm still going to murder you. Crookshanks goes over and sits on Black's chest and is like, no, you have to murder both of us, which also, that's some real hot cat shit. If I was here, I would have been like, okay, and? (laughs) Because Crookshanks is Lily. Harry's trying to to work up the courage to kill kill Crookshanks and Sirius. So it's like, like he's like, I'm ready to kill Sirius Black. And then Crookshanks goes over and he's like, okay, wait, okay, no, I can kill a cat and and a murderer. Like, I can do this. Crookshanks is straight up Lily Potter. There's no other hope. Like, basically, JK takes this to her editor and is like, there's three animages and she's like the editor's like you can't have three you can't have three so like there's spots where they describe crookshank's eye color why because they were talking about how crookshanks had green eyes and she was like i'd change it to yellow well i have heard the fan theory before and i'm sorry that i don't remember who any theories belong to anymore but someone has brought to me the theory before that crookshanks belonged to the potters before they were killed You know, the idea that Crookshanks, you know, has some Lily resemblance could track. Although also the idea that maybe if if it was the Potter's cat and, you know, Harry was a baby, was a one year old. One year olds don't treat animals super gently. And so this idea that like Crookshanks is like holding this 12 year grudge against Harry because like, because I think it mentions like in, in that letter that Harry finds in Deathly Hallows that was like written to Sirius from Lily. It mentions something about like Harry was like messing with the cat or was like pulling yeah. on the cat's tail or something. 
So here's Crookshanks being like, kill me, bitch. <laughs> you won't do it. I knew you when you were a fucking baby. Harry's like, bet. You were a Except jerk baby. Just kidding. Too. A jerk I don't baby. Know. I don't know the killing spell. Um, <laughs> okay, like, but like, like, that, That's the thing is like the way that the scene is crafted, it makes it seem like it's Harry's conscious that is what prevents him from like murdering outright. But like, it really doesn't just address imagine. the fact that he doesn't know how to murder. Just we cut to the inside. So, because it, it says when he. Um, it says, like, he had to kill Black. This was his chance, dot, 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 dot. Um, the, sex, the seconds lengthened, and still Harry stood frozen there, wan poised. And I just imagine we cut to the inside of Harry's brain, and it's just, like, crickets are just, like, <laughs> running around. Fr- like, little mini Harrys are running around, <laughs> frantically opening books, being like, do we remember anything that maybe Hermione was rambling to us about? Anything about murder. <laughs> like, anything. Anything about murder. <laughs> So with Kirkshanks on Sirius Black's chest, um, Hermione g- gave a dry sob. Do is this because she's finally realizing that her re- realizing in quotes that her cat is like yes, actually not only poorly behaved but also maybe evil. Perhaps I also mm-hmm. know that J.K. is making a real statement about dry sobs in this book because she clearly notes Hermione's dry sobbing, but in the previous chapter. Don't forget the Hagrid moment. like sends them a letter and it's dry because he wasn't crying. Interesting. It's like we're past crying. Right. Like like mm-hmm. things have just gotten so bad. How do you dry sob? Um I know how to dry heave. I know don't exactly. know how to dry sob. Dry sobbing is when I mean, wait, have you do you really not know what I'm what that means? <laughs> no, and I know what it means, but like I don't think I could like I don't think I've ever physically dry sob. Do you cry? Well, I'm a cancer sign and I've cried every different way. And dry sobbing is one of them. It's like when you wish you were still crying, but you're out of tears, kind of. <laughs> anyway. You're, you're really dehydrated. Can't wait to experience it. <laughs> if you're so, like a bottle and a half through some like apothic red and. Whoa, apothic red. Oh my God. We're soul. I almost said soul sisters. We're soul siblings. <laughs> we can apothic <laughs> red. <laughs> Okay, so Harry is like, I'm really trying to muster some murder here. And in his hesitation, we hear footsteps downstairs. And Hermione, in what I consider to be exactly the right move, starts screaming bloody murder. She's like, we are here. Like, come on, we're here. We're right here. Please. As long as you're not literally Lord Voldemort, anything is better than this situation I'm in. I should say she's very specific because as opposed to just being like, help, help us. She says, we're up here. We're up here. Serious black. So the person who comes is like ready with the wand. Because I feel I feel like this is like, I don't know, textbook definition of like how to like make sure kind of like how if you yell, I don't know. Like no, when, when yelling fire isn't that? No, no, no. I think I know exactly what you're talking Do you know about. What I'm it's like when someone is like, ha- for example, having a heart attack. You don't say someone call nine one one. You say you, you call nine one one. It's like specificity to help the situation. Good um, job pronouncing that word because I can never pronounce that word right the first time. Yeah, it's word. always specificity. Alfonso <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You didn't know how to spell misogyny three days ago. I, I don't know. It's not spell one freaking word. Okay, misogyny. Let's talk Grace about the most attest. misogynistic thing ever. <laughs> the most misogynistic thing ever in the history of humanity is how impossible it is to spell the word misogyny. I do want. Okay, I have. A Where are the wise? Where are the eyes? I don't. There know. There is. 
I, this is such an important parallel because it's major spoilers. Okay. Uh, spoilers. Harry finds Sirius Black, right? The man who killed his father, mm-hmm. uh, ready to perform an unforgivable curse. Mm-hmm. But he just can't do it because he doesn't know the unforgivable curse. <laughs> Stupid idiot. <laughs> Detail. Detail. Bellatrix Lestrange kills Sirius. Harry straight up tortures her. Oh my God. Well, succeeds. Sort of. Whatever. He does the unforgivable curse. Car- Harry's says, unforgivable. He says you have to, you have to show, mean it. it. But and it he, says something like you have to he it. when he did it to Bellatrix, she like twitched a little bit and it didn't really have any effect on her. But he so does he it. Really but he do does it. it. You have to mean it's it. And he knows I, the words. Then. It's, it is because he knows the words. That helps Because he can't be forgiven because he does an unforgivable curse. <laughs> okay. So in this so moment. Technically, Bellatrix doesn't kill Sirius. She hits him with a stunning spell. Then he falls into the black veil. Anyway. Shut up about the veil. <laughs> okay, I'm not okay. ready. Mary Clay? Mary Clay. What? If you push me off a bridge and I die, you the killed impact. me. You killed me. Yeah, but she didn't. Uh, it was the proximity to if, the. You know what? We're not. If a sniper this. sets up like a gun that's triggered by a button, and then I press the button that happens I don't to be know. an elevator, no, if we're and someone dies, near I didn't a cliff, kill them. If we're standing near a cliff, and I like intend to just give you a, a shove, but not push you off the cliff, and then you like stumble backwards, I you would then say me. that's an accident. No, you still killed me. That's the real Slytherin energy, Mary. Yeah. yeah, you definitely still <laughs> killed me there. Clay. Um, I think the 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 hang it was up an with the with the I veil. I didn't intend to kill. I'm not trying to defend Bellatrix. But the hang up with the veil is not that Bellatrix pushed him through. It's that the veil doesn't kill you. Okay, guys, no. Tyler, if you'd like, I will have you back on for <laughs> we'll that come chapter. Come on for this <laughs> department of mysteries. Well done, Mary Clay. I can Thank always you. rely on you for the impression. We destroyed the, the time inter- turners. The in, the incredibly random quotes <laughs> from the movies that I do all the time, guys. Professor Lupin has entered the chat. Oh, we're saved. (laughs) It's all going to go splendidly from here on out. That's a joke that Grace made like a whole book ago about Professor Lupin um, that I really liked. But um, what's happening? Wait, I'm going to have a baby. (gasps) You're kidding. (gasps) Yes. It's happening right now. You're kidding. Right now. Yes. I got to go. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Tyler. It should be happening right now. If not, this is going to be super embarrassing in like six hours. It was super embarrassing in like six hours. This is so exciting! Oh Yay! I would have preferred 420, but go, go, okay. go! Bye. I'm gonna stop my recording. Bye. Stop! Oh email, my god! Email me tomorrow. <laughs> Send text. Okay. Oh my Save god, it. Yeah. Tyler. He. Ha- you have to leave the Zoom call. You know. <laughs> no, just leave. Okay. Does he not realize? You know what? It's fine. Hang on. I need to take a screenshot and send this to these doofuses. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. As the prophecy foretold. Amazing. We got through most of this chapter. I'm pr- I'm proud of that baby. <laughs> that baby did great. So, guys, I don't know how we're going to do this without Tyler, but, like, we need to finish the chapter. Yeah. How, to fo- how do we follow? How do we continue on with the rest of the conversation when we know I that a know. child is going to be go brought on. into the world? My next note is, like, my next note is about how much I love Lupin because he reminds me of Sean so much. <laughs> um, which is not a direct parallel because Sean is not having a baby right now. But, um, like, just, like, good husbands doing their job, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
like, Lupin comes into this situation calm, collected, and here to get to the bottom of things. And, like, that's how Sean approaches everything. And I just, like, I love it so much. Like, for someone like me who's, like, prone to really, like, emotionally react to stuff, it's, like, it's, like, if I were Harry, Ron, and Hermione, I would be, or even to every person who's involved in the scene other than Peter fucking Pettigrew, like, (laughs) it is such a great relief that Lupin is here. I love this note. It says his voice shook with some suppressed emotion. And I love that. This is a, this is like very, like, this is clearly him trying to remain calm, cool, and collected. But at the same time, like, up until this moment, he thought he was alone in the world because mm-hmm. his best friend, you know, James is dead. And his other best friend, he thought literally up until this moment, he thought it was serious who caused it. And yeah. he thought his other friend, Peter Pettigrew, was dead. And then now his world is turning and he's looking at his friend who up until this moment, you know, he hasn't seen him in, in 12 years, up until this moment, thought betrayed their best friends and is confronting him you know him for the first time and all of this traumatic experience that they've gone through as well so it is very emotional honestly when i was in college i had a really big falling out with a friend because of a lot of complicated shit and then like four years later i hooked up with her in denver and we got drinks together and we were both like crying about how stupid we were for those four years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, but it's that times three because 12 years of it. <laughs> yeah. And the stakes are a little bit higher than just. No, for sure. For sure. But <laughs> friendship it's, falling out. For friends sure. Friends being murdered. This whole book, I have been like, let's all think about like what Lupin is feeling right now. Because Lupin, more than anyone else, I think lost Crazy. everything that night. You know, yes, like Sirius yeah. Black lost everything. But like Sirius Black knew the story and Lupin lost everything. Including an understanding of, like, what had happened. He's he's left behind with all of these pieces that don't necessarily fit together. Yes. And he knew the whole time that it wasn't quite right. He's also lost, like, his only support system. Yes. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Oh, my God. Okay. Very so, so So Lupin immediately disarms Harry and Hermione. Why does he do this? I think because he doesn't want them to overreact to anything. Yeah. Yeah. And also maybe from, like, the adult perspective of, like, if anyone's going to do the murdering, it should probably be me and not these 13-year-old children. <laughs> if there's going to be murder. even know how. Yeah, true. He's, true. Like, he's like, I need all the wands because I know how to do all the murder. Um, so Lupin says, where is he, Sirius? Sirius Black points at Ron. The kids are confused. Lupin. They're like, what the fuck is going Lupin's on? like <laughs> muttering to himself, trying to work things out. He's like, unless you, like, this doesn't make sense, blah, 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 unless you switched. AKA. Without telling me. AKA yeah. switched being the secret keeper. God, mm-hmm. this is just such, like, the whole it's fucking so series is this moment. Ah! It's, <laughs> crazy. it's really crazy. I have it like f- this book. Grace and I were talking about this on work time earlier today. <laughs> this book is, like, so meaningful in a way. The resolution to this book is so meaningful in a way that the last two books have not been. Mm-hmm. I It just, it. I'm, like, overwhelmed with emotion right now. Okay. So, hold on one second. I just want to point out this phrase. It says, Lupin muttered, staring at Black so intently it seems he was trying to read his mind. Is Lupin a legilimens or... 
Like, do I, you think that's- I, I think that's, like, a descriptive thing. Like, he's okay. trying to, like, yeah. look into his friend's eyes and be like, are you guilty? He's trying to re- read yes. his face. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I feel like my very best friend, I could look... Lupin has not laid his naked eye upon Sirius Black since before everything went down. And I feel like I could literally lay an eye upon my very best friends and know yeah. exactly what happened. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily know that I could look into the eyes of my friends and automatically know that they had switched being secret keepers without telling but me. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you, like, an innocent good man? Kill, you know? betrayed them to Voldemort, and then, <laughs> turn, oh, okay. and then turn into a rat <laughs> and kill right. 12 people and cut off his thumb. And <laughs> Very clay. You need to get some better friends, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lupin lowers his wand and helps Sirius Black up off the ground, and they hug, which is cute. But yeah. Lupin, in this moment, must also be overwhelmed with emotion because he really should be like, hey, this, like, hey, guys, don't worry. I'm going to, like, hug this guy. We're going to, like, figure it out. He, he's, like, he's doing, he's doing, it's almost like he's intentionally trying to, like, make the Gryffindors mad. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, let me just hug the worst guy on earth, you know? And yeah. a great moment. Again, I just love this. This these moments in the movie is so well. Done. Also, the act, the actors themselves mm-hmm. are just so good yeah. in these roles and yeah. in this scene too. That's like all I can. You know, granted, that's just what happens when you see the movies first. Well, but like, after, that's just after, what after we I record see. this, I'm like just gonna watch that scene. <laughs> <laughs> this scene, yeah, it's gonna be great. So, as a reader, you're like, Harry's mad. He's about to lose his shit. But it's not Harry who loses his shit. It's Hermione. Hermione starts screaming. She says, I don't believe it. She's livid that she covered for Lupin for a year, and now he is evidently evil. She covered up for him for being a werewolf. She realized this during Snape's essay on werewolves. And Lupin's like, wow, Snape would be delighted to hear that. (laughs) Lupin's like, literally, like, let me tell you what's up. And the kids are like, no, 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 don't tell us what's up. (laughs) So in a show of faith, Lupin gives the kids their wands back and he puts his away. And and then he kind of just like reveals a lot of things. He's like, I was looking at the Marauders map. Yes, I know how to work it. Yes, I helped make it. Yes, I'm Mooney from the Marauders map. I saw someone leaving Hagrid's hut with you. And they're like, no, you didn't. That's stupid. It was just the three of us. Lupin says, let me look at your rat. Scabbers. Scabbers is not okay. So Lupin and Black together, they're speaking kind of like in tandem, are like, Scabbers is literally an animagus by the name of Peter fucking Pettigrew. And then the chapter just ends there. (laughs) And again, this is another... it's the it's the perfectly alliterative name, Pete, like Peter, Peter Pettigrew. Um, that like the way that the that like certain lines pronounce his name from the movies, and this is a great serious moment in the movies where he he, he he's like he's like Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> and if you would like to learn more about Peter Pettigrew and how much of a gigantic bastard he is, please subscribe to our Patreon because last Saturday our Patreon bonus episode for the month was a behind the bastards episode about Peter Pettigrew and what a fucking bastard he is. Oh my god, I'm so excited. So catch us over there. Um I do want to I want to double back real quick though and talk about how like when it was first revealed that Lupin is a werewolf yes. and like Hermione and like Lu- Remus is like oh so when did you figure it out when it when 
I was like missing classes or when my Patronus was the, or not my Patronus, when my uh, Boggart was the moon and like just all these things. And like, I do remember um, like in the movie as well, but also while reading the book, because the book gave a lot more of those like detailed hints at it. I do remember like being like, Oh shit, you're right. Well, here's the thing. In the movie, it's like his Bogart is the moon. It's but literally yeah. the moon. In the it's book, not... in the books, Harry's like, is that a crystal ball? Although yeah. I will say, when I watched the first time I watched the movie, I I was like, wait, what is that? Because it's like it's pretty brief. And then like it turns into and then they turn it into a balloon and it's silly. So like I don't know. I mean, like, granted, you know what a, a moon looks like. I don't know. I'm doing a bad job of explaining that. Like, I didn't necessarily think great. that. I was like, oh, that was that was a moon. I was like, oh, that was a a thing. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Interesting. This is just this is just where we get into the part of the story where it should it's just like light bulb moment after a light bulb moment. Yeah. And I, it's so I definitely good. remember reading this for the first time. I think this is the first book that kind of like fucked me up. Like I was like, oh shit. Yes, absolutely. I have the same memory. The thing is that, like, for example, the Chamber of Secrets is a really fun mystery. The Chamber of Secrets is all questions, and then at the end you get, like, an okay answer. The Prisoner of Azkaban, it's like the whole book, you don't even know what questions you're supposed to be asking. You're like, there's a murderer? (laughs) And then at the end, it's like, here's all the answers. And you're like, oh my god, I'm 13 and I never even dreamed that it could be this nuts. Like, you're answering questions I never even thought to ask you. Yes, yes, yes. Because, yeah, when you, like, read it for the first time or you watch it for the first time, you don't necessarily question like why Lupin is gone from classes right. or like yeah. why like, he has his. You're just like you're just like yeah whatever you know mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. thing. But like so so when there's this reveal that like oh he's a werewolf, and it's like it's like oh shit you're right. Do you guys remember Grace when you read the books, Mary Clay when you were watching the movies? Do you remember the very first moment that you learned that Lupin was a werewolf? It was when yeah. <laughs> Hermione goes. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, he's do, a you, werewolf. do you remember the way you felt as a reader? Because to me, I remember, for example, the emotional roller coaster of reading the whole rest of this climax. I remember yeah. in this moment being like, Lupin is bad. And, and then in the next chapter, it changes so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, I don't. Uh, you might have brought it up or something, but it mentions that after this. So after the reveal that Lupin's a werewolf, he like reaches towards Ron to help him or mm-hmm. something. And Ron says, like, get away from me, werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so sad. It is, and it's, it's also sad. also like if we're going with this, you know, metaphor symbolism that like werewolf is it means gay and or like hiv or aids um it's very sad because ron would have grown up with those um like prejudices like maybe not necessarily like arthur and molly sitting him down and being like werewolves are bad but like he Mm -hmm. definitely would have picked up on it yeah more so than hermione or harry would absolutely yeah yeah wow i think that like in rereading this chapter and i've and i've reread this book a bunch of times but i get the same feeling every time when i get to this point like like i was reading it last night and i stopped when i got to the end of this chapter and i was like that is so unnatural i just want to read the rest of it right now the rest right of the it. second yeah 
I just about did keep reading. I had other, I unfortunately had other shit to do, but I was like, yeah. you know what? This is like, like this chapter flew by. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like it's not, it's not necessarily, like it's not a long chapter. It's not, it's not like it's a three page chapter. It's not a long chapter either. It's but like medium. It, it's regular. It, it really, it, it flew by. I was like, oh, dang. It's just complete chaos. It is. And it's juicy every second. I was going to say, even after like all these years of like, seeing the movie many times and like reading this many times and knowing what happens, it's still really satisfying to read like these next couple groupings of chapters. It's satisfying. And yet like, it's so frustrating. It's also, it's also hard to have the climax to have the the proper resolution slip out of your fingers every single time. So what I do when I watch the movie is the scene where Sirius and Harry, like, after all this shit happens and they're outside the Shrieking Shack anymore, they're standing together, um, like, off by themselves, and they're looking up at Hogwarts, and Sirius is like, I thought maybe you could come live with me. Um, that's where I turn the movie off. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, you know what? Oh that's how God. it ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye! Because literally, like, right after ha- Harry, Harry says, like, what? Come and live with you. And then there's, like, it's like, Harry, it's a full moon! And then it just goes to shit. Yeah, it goes to like, shit no. is exactly the way to describe the rest of this. Anyway. Are y'all ready for some fucking plugs? Woo! Yeah. Mary Clay, will you please do Tyler the honor I was, of I was, plugging for him? <laughs> I was going to say I can probably do Tyler's outro for him. Thank you. Um, since... He made uh, it through most of the episode, and I'm grateful. Yeah, oh my gosh, just just so wild that like we were joking about. I know. I, I did, you, what if y'all were like, what you if we get it on recording? You jinxed it, and then our text message, Grace my jinxed bad, it. My bad. But his baby's gonna be a week old by the time this comes out. That's so cute. That's true. Well, well ho- hopefully. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Because could she be, could be in labor could, for like another day. She could time. be in labor yeah. for a while. They could get there and, and they're like, hey, we're going to put you on this thing to hold you off for another wow. couple days. Everyone in the future yeah, really right knows now. exactly how this can, birth played out. <laughs> this is yeah. true. I know all of the details of the Carlin's birth plan now. Tyler, if um, you're listening, our thoughts and prayers go with you. Anymore. No, he yeah. is. If the child has been, I say the child. The child. <laughs> the child. <laughs> A child. <laughs> anyway, there's no way he has time to sit down and listen to what an hour of nonsense. Anyway, God bless Tyler and his baby. Tyler's plugs. Um, let me see if I know all this. Uh, I believe he's on Twitter at tycarlin 11 um, linked and in you the can show li- notes if she got it wrong. Yeah, everything will be linked in the show notes. Um, go follow m- him on Instagram too because there might be cute pictures of <gasps> the baby pictures. up by the time you're listening to this, or there might not be. Who knows? Yeah, there no will guarantees. still be cute pictures of their current baby. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> Olivia, their other They're child. All, anyway. all the babies are valid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, the, all that's linked in the show notes. And then you can also listen to his show, Bacon and Eggs, Movie Lovers Podcast, wherever you get podcasts. And you can listen to all of the other shows on the WBNE network by going to WBNE.org. And then I want to see if I know. Let me go back in our text and see, like, what has he been. Um, I'm going to plug for him um, Blazers. He's been trying to figure out this 
this like <laughs> what in a post pan like a sort of post pandemic world um, where I'm working back at the office and some people are business casual, some people are you know what do we what do we wear? So he's been exploring a lot of fashion options and he's a blazer dad so i'm gonna plug blazers for (laughs) tyler on behalf of tyler (laughs) i love that deeply okay mary clay do your own (laughs) and then (laughs) you can listen to my podcast also on the wbne network that's what i'm talking about wherever you get podcasts new episodes every tuesday um, and Nailed what it. have you been reading, playing, watching? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend, it's a Netflix show called The Irregulars. Um, the Netflix description makes it sound like, oh, this is another Sherlock and John Watson like spinoff series. It's really not about them. It's about these kids who sort of kind of start working for John Watson and so it's not it's not re- the the characters of Watson and Sherlock are they're like sort of in the background for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it very much. It's very bingeable. I think it's like maybe eight or, or ten episodes um, could have been gayer. But mm. um, everything could be gayer. Which is a but yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Grace, what about you? What do you have to plug this week? Mm, this week, I am going to plug another podcast. Um, it is called You're Wrong About. At the end of the title. Have you guys heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah. You have? Everyone has? Yeah. Do I yeah. even yes. have to talk about it? Yeah. We've heard okay, it. well. Plug it. Plug okay, it. Okay, great. Um, well, for anyone who hasn't heard of it. I mean, I've never heard of it in my life. This is the first <laughs> time I'm, hear- I'm hearing about it. Well, I just discovered it, okay? And um, uh, toasted by two journalists who go over, you know, past events and people that we all think that we know about. And then they explain, you know, sort of how we've been wrong about (laughs) what we think we know about those things and people. So I think it's very interesting. They go over a lot of different and cool things. Check it out if you're like me and you live on a rock and you've never checked it out before. (laughs) Awesome. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Your Girl of the World. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Khan. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. And this week I am going to plug, oh my God, panic, panic, panic. How um, do you plug a thing? You're on this thing every single week. How do you come up you with it. things? Because like I'm on, I haven't been on, I think, since February because I had a mental breakdown in March. Don't worry about it. You did um, great. <laughs> and I'm always like, I don't know what I've been doing (laughs) i read and i consume a lot of media and i do often pull from stuff that i've done previously that i don't do now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so today i'm gonna plug a random book that i liked before i haven't read it in the past five years but i'm gonna plug city of thieves by david benioff if his name is familiar to you yes he was one of the showrunners on game of thrones don't let that be a deal breaker for you He's an excellent writer. He wrote a novel called City of Thieves, which is set in, fuck, a world war. One of the two. One of the two world wars. Okay, I constantly mix up um, when I'm referring to, like, Tolkien and PTSD, which war he was in. It's in Russia? Were they in both wars? And they were also, like, the Soviet Union during those. So Shut up. It was, it's confusing. City of Thieves by David I'm going to guess it's two. In case you've seen the narration, like the 
the the showrunner like videos at the end of the Game of Thrones episodes. He's the hot one. Um, he is by far the hot one. So City of Thieves by David Benioff. I swear to God, I'm trying to figure out which war it was. Here's the thing is it's two Russian guys who have to go find eggs for somebody's wedding. And it's, it's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. If the, if the synopsis I'm describing is bad, but I'm still plucking it, that should be a testament to like the writing. You know what I mean? <laughs> During the Nazis' brutal siege of I Leningrad. Two. Two. I said World War That's II. World War II, two right there. Guess. It's a, it's a very <laughs> excellent book. My brother, Michael, didn't read for the first 20 years of his life. And when he finally decided to read, I handed him City of Thieves and he fucking loved it. Amazing. So if that's not a testament, I don't know what it is. That's my recommendation for you, City of Thieves. I would recommend it to everyone. I'm just going to keep saying the word recommend. <laughs> I recommend it. I recommend it. I recommend it. Anyway, Grace, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much I for guess, having me. I guess I can just go fuck myself <laughs> in. Bye. <laughs> Mary Clay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Mary Clay, I'm going to need you now more than ever. And Tyler, thank you so much for being on this episode. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me on. That was a great did Tyler I, impression. Yeah, no, Tyler like the, impression. the enthusiasm was appropriate. So until next time, um, Harry, get out of the shrieking shack. That is not that is not right. That is not the place you need to be in right now. Until next time, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Listen. We didn't want to be half-bloods. If you're listening to this because you think you might be one, our advice? Stop listening to this podcast right now. Percy Jackson had the right idea when he told people to stop reading the books detailing his adventures as a half-blood. But we didn't listen to his warnings. And that's why we started this podcast, Of the Eldest Gods, where we read books written by Rick Riordan and talk about how they affected us as kids and continue to as semi-adults. You can find us every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think we fooled them for a second there? God, I hope not. Bring on the monsters! We're making a podcast! The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. It's weird to hear your voice say the words bacon and eggs live, you know, like I've never done it like and attached it to like a human face before. (laughs) I've never thought of that as being like a howdy yokes and welcome back to bacon and eggs. (laughs) Wrong podcast.